everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam joined by Jill. Jill, how's it going? Good. How are you? It's I'm good. I'm I'm using your your makeshift uh, computer stand in the, in our in our office, which you're we talking about. Which of course, as a book nerd, is a stack of books. So yeah, I'm good. There's tacos in the office today, which is nice. Shout out to Overdrive's HR for getting a taco truck to come. Yeah, I'm I'm getting them tomorrow. I'm very excited. Yeah, as the one drawback is like before I was ready to eat, I walked in near that area and it just smelled very much like tacos. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm starving. Now I need these tacos. So that was delightful. Um, what are we doing today? We are doing another um, thing from our reading challenge. Yep. You nailed it. That was- <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Um- waiting for you to respond. Sorry. You I, did know. Not. I know you like looked. At- I know you looked at me and I forgot how to podcast for a second. Yeah, we're going to do one of the Professional Bookers Reading Challenge challenges, tasks. Uh, we're going to do read a book by a past guest of the podcast. And folks, whether you've been listening for a long time or not a long time, this shouldn't be that hard. There are hundreds of book of authors that are anything. What you did I strike a nerve? No, not a nerve. It's funny, like just like last week or something. Um um one of the um groups i'm in we were discussing like work group in a slack channel we were discussing um possible options for doing like a book club and uh one of our colleagues is like chill i wonder if you have any suggestions from you know authors you've interviewed and i'm like i'm gonna have to think about that because we've interviewed like 300 authors yeah, <laughs> wild so as you probably have all noticed or maybe you haven't uh jill and i have stopped doing numbers at the beginning of the episodes just because there's a ton of them i mean we've done like over almost 600 episodes and you would by no means do people have to listen to all of them you can listen to whatever you want in fact i know a lot of times people like by when they tag us and stuff a lot of times they'll listen to an author that they just like saw from like a month ago or two months ago and they want to listen to that one and that's totally fine this is all to say everyone we talk about today if you just go to professionalbooknerds.com our uh, developers did a really cool thing on our website a long long time ago where there's a search bar right at the top so just search for whatever author and any episode they've been on or that they their books been recommended and will pop up so we're not gonna tell you like this person was on episode 72. We're just going to tell you like they were on recently or a long time ago. And here's a book that we think you should read by them. Um, so yeah, we're going to do, we always do go back and forth and hit you up with some recommendations for whether or not you're doing our challenge. These are all delightful books. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at probooknerds. So would you like to uh, kick us off, Jill? Sure. So this actually is a relatively recent interview I did. Um, it's Courtney Summers. Oh, and yeah, I had so much fun with that interview. Y'all, you can probably tell listening to it. Um, I interviewed her about her most recent book, The Project. But um, today I'm going to talk about Sadie, which um, I read at some point during this pandemic after one of our coworkers mentioned it on the podcast. Um, and so this is about a, um, popular radio personality West. He receives a phone call from a stranger, um, who wants him, who wants West's help finding a 
runaway named Sadie. Um, but he's not really convinced that there's actually a story there. You know, girls, she's, you know, she's 19, like girls sometimes run off, they go missing. Um, but when it's revealed that Sadie fled home after the brutal murder of her little sister, Maddie, Wes travels to the small town of Cold Creek, Colorado to uncover what happened. And he has a podcast where he's sort of like keeping track of what is happening and some of the interviews. And so the story kind of follows two timelines. You follow West trying to find out what happened. And then you also follow Sadie to see, you know, like after she leaves and it's so good. It's, it's so good. Um, I love this book so much. And yeah, my, my interview with Courtney was one of the most fun that I've I've ever done. She's just uh, delightful. Yeah, that was one of the I, I remember listening to that and being like, I think I told you like very it's like subtly jealous of like, oh man, that would have been a good one to be a part of as well. But um I will say also if you are an audiobook fan, the audiobook of Sadie is really, really good. They do yes. really cool stuff with that. Um yeah Courtney Summers is delightful and her Instagram is so much fun as well. She's very creative on there. Yes. Um, okay, my first one is um, N.K. Jemison. I interviewed N.K. Jemison a couple years ago at this point at um, BookCon or Book Expo America back when Jill and I used to go to places to do interviews back in the day. Uh, I got to interview N.K. Jemison with Ann Leckie. It's like just two absolute like monster giants of the science fiction and fantasy world. They are both extremely delightful. Um, they also have to be really happen to be really, really close friends so that this was a fun interview where I got to ask a question and then not talk for like 20 minutes because they would just talk back and forth. Um, so the books I'm going to recommend you read starts with um, the fifth season. It's her uh, Broken Earth trilogy, I believe is the name of the trilogy. This is the books N.K. Jemison's probably best known for. All three of them won the Hugo, which is ludicrous. Um, just absolutely insane. I believe N.K. was the first person to ever have that happen, like have three straight books win the Hugo. Um, just insane. But this is a book. It starts, it's described as at the end of the world, a woman must hide her secret power and find her kidnapped daughter in this intricate and extraordinary novel of power, oppression, and revolution. I love, I love this book for a myriad of reasons. It's a, it's a very, very approachable, um, I am gonna call this literally a mix of, it's more fantasy than science fiction, but there's also some like science fiction stuff in there, and I think they do a really good job of, of putting both in there, but the reason I remember being blown away by this book is there are these varying storylines that are taking place like chapter by chapter. I'm not going to give anything away, but the way that these stories end up coming together near the end of the book was the most creative and best executed uh, multiple timeline story I think I've ever read. So it's just a, such a cool way to bring everything together. And um, all it makes you want to do is read the rest of the trilogy, which all of them are out. So you can do that. So that's uh, The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison. Uh, my next one is The Likeness by Tana French. So I interviewed Tana a couple of years ago. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that A, I love Tana French. And B, I particularly love a certain type of book out there that... <laughs> Is, <laughs> is a murder on a 
educational campus involving a close knit group of suspicious characters. Um, so this is actually, and I think we had a review. Didn't we have a review recently where somebody called out that I've introduced them to boarding school murders? You're welcome. hundred percent. Um, and yeah, so I, uh, this is the second in her Dublin Squad series, which starts with in the woods, which I also love, but I adore the likeness. Um, you don't really need to read the first one to understand what's happening. This is about Cassie. Cassie is a, um, detective in the Dublin murder squad. Um, and she had previously worked, um, undercover before joining this particular, uh, division. She receives a phone call. There is a victim, um, of a murder who looks literally exactly like her, like literally exactly like her, like a clone almost. And the ID that the, the victim carries is the name of, um, that Cassie had once used when she worked undercover. Uh, so the idea, you know, is it all matches basically the name and, and the, the likeness. <laughs> see, see what I did there. Okay. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. so now the detectives, her team decides there's no clues. They're really not sure. The girl, um, had been living in a house with some other, um, college student friends of hers, like a big creepy, scary house. So already I'm in. And mm-hmm. so they decide to send Cassie in as an undercover agent again, pretending to be this girl who looks like her and had previously used her um, fake name and fake ID. So she gets sent in. Um, I love this book so much. Like, I love this book so much. I I may have to go read it right after this because it's so good. I love it so much. I've read it so many times. I don't care. It's just, mm, it's so good. So that's the likeness. <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing because I've done that before to other podcasts where like, I will start talking about a book that I adore. And on more than one occasion while I'm talking about it, I'm like, mm, I'm going to go borrow that as soon as we're done recording. So yeah. You're talking about. yeah. And Tana French just like getting to interview her was just wonderful because I've loved her books for so long. Um, so yeah, good times. Yeah. Uh, my next one is. I'm going to pick The House of Secrets by Brad Meltzer, but really I'm going to explain how you can you can read any type of Brad Meltzer book and depending on what your interests are because Brad writes fiction, nonfiction, children's books, all sorts of things. So Brad, I interviewed, I've interviewed Brad now like six or seven times. He's one of those people that is like, anytime his publicist is like, hey, Brad has a new book. I'm like, I don't need to know what it's about. Bring him on because he's one of the most fun people to talk about, to talk to. Uh, he was the... Um, I interviewed him the same day I interviewed James Patterson like four or five years ago. And I just remember being like, what is happening? What is our lives? This is crazy. And uh, he has, he's a number one bestselling author and has been for a long time. And he used to host a show on history on the history channel called decoded. Um, and he couldn't have been more down to earth and delightful. Um, I was sitting in a room interviewing him where there was a poster of him, like leaning up against a, bookshelf and he walks in he's like that is the douchiest picture of me I think I've ever seen and so naturally we took a picture next to it and every time he comes on we talk about the Muppets and all sorts of stuff but the House of Secrets was the first book I interviewed him for you can also you can also read the first conspiracy or the Lincoln conspiracy if you're more of a presidential guy and he also wrote all of the the I am books like I am uh, Abraham Lincoln I am Rosa Parks all that stuff but the House of Secrets the best way I can describe it is like if you ever notice like you're watching TNT or TBS on a Sunday and um, 
the National Treasure movies come on and you're just like, I'm going to spend the next two hours watching Nicolas Cage try to discover the secrets of the United States. That's exactly what the House of Secrets is like. Um, there's a main character, <clears throat> main character named Hazel Nash and her dad used to host America's Favorite Conspiracy Television Show, which is something that Brad used to do. Um, and she wakes up in a hospital like with total amnesia, doesn't remember her own name. And then this FBI person comes around and starts asking questions um, about her and her dad and their connection to this priceless book that belonged to Benedict Arnold that was found in the chest of a dead person at a car accident. And she has to like piece together bit by bit what happened. And it's weird to call this fun, but it is. It's just so much fun. It's this thriller that is like nonstop delightful. And again, it's literally, it's like watching, it's like watching a national treasure movie. It's so delightful. So that is, that's House of Secrets by Brad Meltzer. But again, you can read anything he's written and you're going to enjoy it. Next one is Everybody Yoga by Justin Stanley. I talked about her, I think, in our um, July books episode because her new book, Yoke, is out. So this is the first one um, she did, and it is both a sort of how-to guide for um, doing yoga, particularly if you don't have like a typical quote-unquote yoga body, whatever that means. It doesn't mean anything, but I digress. So, uh, Jessamyn, for those who don't know, she is this incredible yogi. She's on, um, Instagram and she's just like full on, just everything about her is amazing. Um, and she has sequences in here for yoga. She talks about her own experiences with yoga and how she got into it. Um, it has color photographs. Like it's just like a really beautiful book to look at just in general. Um, but if you are someone who is interested in yoga or, um, and I should say interested in yoga from a non white Western centered point of view, because that's a big thing. And she talks about that, um, in yoke too, about how yoga has kind of been co-opted by like goop crowd. Sorry, anyone who's mm-hmm. like into going to the Paltrow, yeah, but no, it has it. been co-opted in a lot of ways, um, by a particular set of people that is not at all authentic to the yoga history and experience. And so she talks about that. Um, Justin is black, so it, it, she's fat. So it's just like body positive and just, I love this book so much. And I had so much fun, um, interviewing her. That was when we, when we did live events mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> in person um so that is everybody yoga i remember when jessamine came to town that was one of those that was one of like the first times where like now when people come to town we have this wonderful relationship with the local library Cahoe county who gets amazing authors and there's been a number of occasions where like a very big deal person has like kind of specifically asked for us to be the person interviewing them. And like, it never isn't awesome. It's always really cool. But I do remember like specifically Jessamine's like publicist being like, Jill, we're familiar with you and your books and the podcast. And we'd love to have you do this. And I remember that was like one of the first times where we were both like, whoa, pretty much knows who we are. Pretty much. Yeah. Workmen worked out like workmen reached out to me and I was like, oh, 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 oh. Okay, oh, awesome. sure. Because I can't remember. I mean, I think she did that on her whole tour. Um, yeah, I think they're all where local she, people. or at least some of the other stops, they were finding local people who they thought would align well with um, Jessamine's message, I yeah. guess. And uh, yeah, indeed. 
So great. Um, my next one is anything by Don Kurtagich, but I'm going to specify the teeth in the mist. Um, Dawn, again, that she was one of like the first 25 people we ever interviewed. And I remember when I was going to interview her, it was in Orlando. Um, Dawn is Welsh and just has the most delightful, wonderful accent. But I remember specifically going there and our coworker and a relatively frequent visitor to the podcast, Andrea, was a huge fan of Dawn's first two books, um, and the trees crept in and the dead house, which are both incredible. And she, I just remember her being like, can you just tell her I adore her books? And I told Don, and then we proceeded to, Don sent Andrea like a four minute video on my phone about just saying thank you and all these wonderful things. And Don's books are very dark, very twisty, but she couldn't be more of a delightful human being. She writes this mix of like fantasy, horror, historical fiction type of things. Uh, and The Trees Crept In is a very psychological book about these two siblings who go to live with a uh, a family member in the forest and they both kind of slowly start to go insane. Um, the Dead House is about um, a death that takes place actually at a, um, at a boarding school, <laughs> a very Joe book. And uh, one of the two people is a ghost and they are writing like letters to each other if I remember correctly. But the one that I, that I of all three that I adore the most is Teeth in the Mist, which I believe Dawn is working on a sequel to and I know I've talked about it a bunch before but it is these three different timelines one of them is present day one of them's in the mid 1800s and one of them is in the late 1500s and they all are taking place on this um kind of ruins of this place called Medwin Mill House which was a uh, it's just like the founding of it of this large water mill and the mansion that gets placed there. And then also the present day one is this fast, this photographer named Zoe who adores like haunted burnt out ruins. And all three of these things like wrap within each other. And this, it's a very Faustian tale. So there's lots of just like creepy stuff going on, but it is so disturbing and haunting, but also so just amazing. And if you listen to the audiobook of it, I've, I both read this and listened to the audiobook. I'm probably gonna do it again for Halloween. Uh, they do an amazing job with like voiceovers and like sound effects and stuff that it's a, it's a very creepy experience. So yeah, anything that Don Kurtagich has done, but especially Teeth in the Mist, which is just like mind-blowingly good. Uh, my next one is The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. We, yeah. we had interviewed Colson about um, the Underground Railroad um, back at some trade show. It was in a conference room and like a hotel. It was like the weirdest setup. It was just bizarre, but it worked out. It worked out. We got to interview Colson Whitehead. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the Nickel Boys is about um, uh, Elwood. He is a black boy growing up in the 1960s in Tallahassee. And he is unfairly sentenced to a juvenile reformatory called the Nickel Academy, um, which is basically where i mean it's reformatory but like they just like abuse the shit out of these boys it's basically Mm -hmm. the best way i can describe it and um his only salvation is another boy he meets there named turner and as this you know their their time in the reformatory continues and the horrors that they are subjected to continues they sort of make this plan to try and escape um and it just, this book devastated me in just 
Yeah. Like it's you know what, and it's not a very long book. It's mm-hmm. also a a good key to point out. It is a relatively short book, but this book, like in those short pages, because of the way Colson writes, it just like obliterated me, and it was just so good. Um, and also won the Pulitzer Prize, which yeah. makes sense. That tracks. Uh-huh. So that's the Nickel Boys. So good. Um. That was the day we we did we interviewed him and Matthew Desmond, two Pulitzer Prize winners on the same day, and it was just like very. I remember you and I went to this like author event thing later because we got a book signed by Sarah Desson, I think for we did Emma. for a coworker, yeah. And like while we were walking there, I remember both of us being like, "What is our life right now?" This yeah, it was. Like, it was. I think it was one of like the first. That was the first. I think trade show we went to together. I want to say it was Chicago, but it was I Chicago. Could, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was the first one we went to together. I was not actually working it. I went for professional development that year and yes, it was very surreal to be like, oh my God, this is okay. This is our life. All right. That works. Yeah. Well, and and it's also, it's one of those things where when we have a really big author interview that we're going to be doing and we're at the office, like when you and I together interviewed Lois Lowry like we kind of spend all day like sort of being nervous and excited about it and then like if it's a good interview like that one was like after the fact we're like oh my gosh that was amazing that was so cool whereas when we're at events and this is this is not complaining this is a good problem I actually love doing this when we're at events we try to like get as many author interviews as we can so that it doesn't like it makes it easier on our scheduling so you almost don't have time to realize what you're doing throughout the day when you interview like four or five people and then at the end of the day you're like what just happened <laughs> accurate accurate uh, there are definitely good. times where i had booked like four author interviews in a day in between working our booth mm-hmm. and so yeah you don't like there's no time yeah to really think i you know like there's just there's there's no time to think about what you're about to do or who you're about to talk to you just kind of have to do it because it's so often there's like it's just back-to-back stuff going on yeah for yeah. sure um, okay, so my next one is The Hike by Drew McGarry, who I interviewed like four years ago. And I'm actually going to, I'm interviewing him later this week for, he has a memoir coming out in October that is all about how he, um, he had a traumatic brain injury and basically shouldn't have survived, but did. And it's a, just an insanely good book that I hope everyone reads. And we'll, I'll have more about that in October. But The Hike um, is all about this man his name is ben he goes on a walk when he takes this like business trip to rural pennsylvania he just decides to go on a walk and he gets lost on this hike and once he's out getting lost it turns into this like epic kind of like life or death style trip that he's on that has like it very much reminds me of all of the scenes of like princess bride meets the labyrinth like it's surreal there are giants and these like sarcastic talking crabs and these massive insects and like he gets thrown into these insanely crazy experiences um and it has the most heartbreaking final page of a book ever that just like will take your breath away but it's just like it's like the odyssey it's like a modern day odyssey that is so insane and Drew McGarry has, he used to work for Deadspin and now he writes for Defector. And it's my favorite website on all of the internet. Um, And Drew has the ability to write like, he does the thing, I've talked about this a lot to other people, but he writes, the thing that I think he's probably most known for is every holiday season, he releases the Hater's Guide to the Williams-Sonoma catalog. (gasps) 
Yeah. Right. That's, that's Drew McGarry. Um, he also does a football preview every year for all of the teams in the NFL called why your team sucks. That's another thing he's very well known for, but like, so he has the ability to be like very sarcastic and funny. And he openly talks about how he's a middle-class white guy living in the suburbs of Baltimore. Like he acknowledges all of that, but then he'll also, he has one of the greatest um, profiles of any human being ever when he wrote about Anthony Bourdain for a couple, like he's just an exceptional writer that also can be very funny. And then he'll write a book like the hike where you're just like, how this is like a Neil Gaiman, Chuck Palahniuk level. Like how, how did you come up with this idea? And yeah, just amazing. So that's The Hike by, by Drew McGarry. My next one is um, Pledged by Alexander Robbins. I've been reading Alexander Robbins for like a very, very long time. Um, I love all of her books. She does a lot of sort of um, investigative journalist type things where she'll kind of pick a topic and um, look at it from through both sort of like a research lens, but also through the lens of certain individuals, like real life individuals who are part of this group. So she did one, I interviewed her about fraternities, um, where she followed, you know, some men in fraternities who were pledging or were already in, uh, initiated and all that stuff. This one though is, um, pledged. It's about sororities. And I have read this book so many times. I can't even tell you. Um, and so like, um, fraternity, she kind of, she goes undercover. She talks about in the intro and it, the book has been out for like 10 years, I think. Um, if not long, no, it's gotta be longer than that. So it's been out for a while. And she talks about in the intro, how she, um, was able to kind of like pass as a college student. So she could get easily into the sorority houses of these girls that she was talking to as sort of like a friend, um, with them and sort of really be in the sorority house with all this like drama going on. Um, I know there are a lot of people who have been in sororities who are not a fan of the book and admittedly as an outsider, I cannot speak to the authenticity of just how like often the experiences that happen in this do happen in, in other sororities, but, um, it, you know, they're real girls that she talks to. And I just, I love this book so much and she's so fun. And she just, she does such a really good job of finding, um, she did one on nurses. Um, I think she's working on one about teachers. Um, she's done just everything she writes is, is wonderful, but I loved pledged. Yeah. I actually forgot you had done that interview. I like, when you said the name, I was like, wait, oh my God, that's right. They were on the show. We're on the podcast. This happens. I mean, this is what happens. I was going through our website today looking when we were like planning for this. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot we interviewed all these people. I'm telling you, there's so many. Mm -hmm. It is easy to forget. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, okay, my next one. This would be real, this would be pretty easy. Anything by Zoraida Cordova. Zoraida Cordova had she's been on a couple of times. Uh, I first interviewed her for Labyrinth Boss, which is the first of her uh, her Brooklyn Brujas trilogy. And those are young adult, magical, um, female on a journey to find herself type of books. And they are amazing. Um, but she also, if you're a fan of mermaids, she wrote a whole trilogy of books about mermaids, uh, which was the Vicious Deep series. There's three of those books. If you are a Star Wars fan, Zoraida Cordova has written, I think, it two or she's written a part of two different star wars collections of short stories if 
you are more of a spooky fan. She has a book coming out later this year where she has written one of the short stories called Vampires Never Get Old, which has her and Natalie C. Parker and Julie Murphy and Daniel Clayton and V.E. Schwab. And she, if you want a book that is more like um, Mexican Gothic, she has a book coming out called The Inheritance of Orquita Divina uh, later this year, which I think she might be coming on the show for. Like anything that Zoraida does is incredible and fun and there's usually magical elements to it and there's always like Latinx aspects of it because she is Ecuadorian, I believe. Um, And just a wonderful human being. Um, She also, if you follow her on Twitter, Instagram, is a frequent guest of Ryan LaSala's really, really fun YouTube channel uh, where they would do arts and crafts and all sorts of stuff. But if you've never read a book by by Zoraida Cordova, just pick one up. Pick any of them up and you will be delighted with anything she's written. And also she's one of those people who's just an absolute maniac when it comes to writing. She always has like three or four books coming out every single year. So she's out there working hard. Um, my last one is Dark Matter by Blake, Blake Crouch. Uh, oh, this book. This book is so good. This book. Okay. So if like me, you've recently watched Loki, the TV show on... Um, Disney plus this is a book for you if you have not read it because it very much plays into this idea of multiverses and so this is about Jason Jason um is out um he's like knocked unconscious by an abductor he wakes up and he's in like some weird place with like guys in hazmat suits who are sort of like asking him all these questions they clearly seem to know him he has no idea what is happening or who these people are and um he discovers that whatever life he has woken up in is not the life he had been living before getting knocked out. So basically he has been like transported to another, like a parallel universe where like another one, Jason went and knocked him out and took over his life. And so he's now living in this guy's and he wants to figure out how to get back home. Um, But it gets complicated because there's very much like, like the TVA and the butterfly effect and different choices set off different branches. And they just like, there's, yeah. And I, I remember reading this again, it's a very quick book. I remember reading this, like, how the hell is he going to get out of this? How was he going to do it? I don't understand. And then you get to that last page and I'm like, Oh my God, that's ingenious. And of course mm-hmm. that's how it works. And it was just, it was so good. I, I love this book. Um, Blake was delightful to talk to. It was also at a, a trade show. Um, but I, I adore, I adore dark matter. Yeah. So good. I actually, I think that was one of the ones where you interviewed him and then like you sent me a text. You're like, so he's amazing. It was like, it's, I could always, we we both do that when we're at shows and things. Like if we're really excited about it and like, we'll text the other one, like, oh man, wait till you, this guy's. Yeah. Blake was just so much fun to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of amazing people, uh, my last one is uh, The Boneless Mercies by April Genevieve Tuholke. Um, April is delightful and a listener to the show. So, hey, April. Uh, this is a gender swapped Beowulf reimagining and interviewed her a couple years ago in New York. And there are main, our main characters are Frey, Avi, Juniper, and Runa, and they are the boneless mercies. They are these females who get hired to basically uh, quickly, quietly, and mercifully kill 
whomever needs to be killed. Um, they're kind of getting tired of this, like, and they're just really exhausted with all of this. And they have been raised on these sagas of these heroic people. And they don't get to have those sagas by themselves because, again, like no one really knows that they're out there doing these things. And then all of a sudden, they hear about this unstoppable monster who is who is just destroying towns all over the place, which is obviously Beowulf. And they decide um, that this is like their one chance to break out, get paid for the things that they have always gotten paid for, but also get the like fame that they've always been wanting. And it's just these amazing female leads who are <laughs> all like sometimes a little bit nasty, extremely unapologetic. They, some of them have bloodlust. Some of them um, are just funny and snappy and just delightful. And um, uh, yeah, April is wonderful. And the interview was so much fun, but Boneless Mercies is just delightful. So highly, highly recommend it. So and those were, that was, our, you said the other one was your last one, right? So mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Uh, well, those are our picks for the Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge. Uh, read a book by a past guest. But again, just go to professionalbooknerds.com and just search. There's so many options there for that one. Um, I don't think we have any book clubs or anything going on at the moment. I, I don't think so. so either. So um, you can always go to shop.overdrive.com if you want to get some Libby swag or a Professional Book Nerds t-shirt or a tote bag or all sorts of stuff from Libby. All sorts of fun stuff there, but otherwise, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.